Welcome back to The Pipe, the practical youth pastor. I'm your host, Chris Hahn, along with Steve Johnson. And this is the last in a series called Dealing with X. <laughs> there we go. I got one. X to the Z. Yeah, one. Was that appropriate? Uh, not usually with the intro music, but we'll, we'll revisit it. Okay. Well, we're talking about dealing with kids who are disruptive in big groups, self-centered kids, unaware of what they're doing. Uh, and last episode was takes... Uh, Takes their self too seriously, kids. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about the creepers, the PDA. Push it. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Hold on. Let's give it one more time. The creepers. There we or go. Or you can do PDA. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if you could have seen our eyes darting back and forth during that. As a dad. So those are two different things because one is consensual and one is not, <laughs> That's right? Because right. there's usually consent with the hand the hand holding, the heavy hand holding. Oh, aggressive. Don't even holding. start on heavy hand holding. I just think heavy hand holding is fingers interlocked. Is that fair? Sure. I like mean, I don't know wars? what it is out here. Well, I don't know what it is anywhere. Heavy hand holding to me has always been funny. So I had this friend. Uh, I won't tell you his name. Um, down south, but he just took Bubba he, nine, 90% right, chance. I did have a name. good friend named Bubba. Yes, he did. Picked, picked up a Ma- the back end of a Mazda Miata one time. Um, <laughs> so I had this one friend and he, he, he was in my D group for a really long time and I love him to death. Great guy. He actually, it works at a company equivalent to Sabre. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> paper, people, people, paper. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, but he just took his uh, he took sexual purity so seriously whenever he started dating his girlfriend and he was like, "Yeah, I'm dating her to marry her and I've told her I want to marry her, so we're going to start dating." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, go for it, man." And he actually drew up a contract. And so on on this co- commitment, like sexual purity, it's the south. Give me a break. Sure. So, uh, on this contract, it said that I commit that I will never sit back to back to you. And I said, dude, so what do you call that? Bacter course? And he's like, that's a great idea. <laughs> and so, jotted it down. So, okay, first of all, can we just be honest? How many opportunities to sit back to back with anybody do you get? All right, gentlemen, the <laughs> duel, like even in a duel, you're standing back to back and you've got your musket. What is a back to back? Well, that's what makes those those duels very sexual. Well, yeah, f- certainly, but but I I, I guess Two I'm not pistols. I, I'm not I'm not even figuring out Ball. how how the back to back thing is a temptation. I, like, I I'm sitting. I'm thinking the chairs we're in right now. They're pretty common <laughs> chairs. I just wow. You're not getting aroused sitting no, in no, that brown. No, chair. no. I and I and I. I'm just. I guess. I guess we'll just have to leave it alone. But I, I back to no course is a real thing, and it is debilitating to people who are weak in the back. Fair, Steve. So do not undercut <laughs> back with the effects. So long term effects. Who is this of contract? Who is this contract with? Was it with his you? girlfriend? So they, 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 they and we can, he signed it in front of us, his D group, as witnesses. Wow, that's like that's. I don't think a Pharisee would even put back to course on there. Like, well, did okay. So did they end up getting document. married? Yeah. Did they burn it publicly? <laughs> like, bring out the contract. I mean, we made jokes avoided. about, like, wiping your butt with it, using this toilet paper. But, like, yeah. I mean, 
Granted, the guy was he was he was a zealous guy. He really cared about purity. I and, personally feel but, like anything short of that is hard. You know, like you're <laughs> you're gonna fall into it. Like I'm not. I am yeah. never gonna be one that is other than the Bacter course thing. Making fun of somebody who's like I am planting my flag and I am not. Think about Odysseus. Oh, there. Oh, okay. Time out. I, one of my favorite favorite things, but. Um, I think this is a good way to enter us. Although this isn't on purity. I'm going to save this from we're talking about purity. Cause we're talking about Are public, you sure? Yeah. Cause we're talking about public displays of affection and we're talking about the creeper. That's very different, right? Yeah. Are you talking, are you talking about propriety within your group? The public display of affection? Yes. Okay. Well then we're not, this isn't a purity pot. That's another I one. I know. I just threw and it out. I, there. I don't I, even know why I threw it out. And there. I've got a, I've got a three run Homer locked and loaded for when we actually talk about that. But so public displays of affection, okay? Usually we've got Blimey Cow on YouTube does a great job of breaking all of this down. I'm not sure if you're familiar. <laughs> I have no clue what that is. Blimey Cow's hilarious. Well, it, it's a little grating at times, but it's uh, this brother and sister and third brother and they're homeschooled and they just do a really funny satirical take on all things church culture and youth group culture and homeschool culture and it's great. But anyway, Blimey Cow talks about uh, the different uh, like stereotypes in youth group and the PDA. And one of the things that we all recognize is true is that you always got that main couple, that Zach and Kelly that's in your oh. group, right? And those are not the ones that you have to be worried about because they're so high profile that every single move that they make is scrutinized and they're usually so cool, they don't even really hang out much at youth group because it's just understood that's the boyfriend, that's the girlfriend. It's the fringe couples, or, or the couples who, dare I say, mom and dad are rightfully very, very strict when it comes to that. And this represents a social environment uh -huh. where, yeah, now you know what I'm talking about. This represents a social environment in which you're not um, going to have as much accountability. Oh. And so um, do you guys in your youth group, do you have, like, for instance, it's a no-brainer when you go to camp or you go on a trip. Guys on the left, girls on the right, or vice versa. There's no... Uh, uh, intergender mingling on bus trips, right? Is that a fair place to start? I mean, we call it making purple. Yeah, yeah. Blue and pink. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it, it it really does depend on your group. If you have a group that seems to be fairly, um, like it seems like their heart is not, um, <laughs> how do you say this kindly? They're not directed by the lustful desires of their flesh mm -hmm. in general. Okay, so you found teenagers that don't fall into that category. No, 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 no. In like, a, they're not actively. Right. They're good kids. Externally, publicly, they're just not. Um, every kid is going to deal with porn to some degree, right? Like, every kid is going to deal with those things. Like, the national average right now, the, the I'm trying to think, like, the average age of a kid seeing hardcore porn is like... Uh, Nine. Like, it's really little. They're low. really little. Yeah, yeah like... It's super sad. Super. So, uh, sexuality, I mean, that's just a part of our culture, essentially. Watch the friggin' Grammys. No, With I Cardi B. To. Like, that, it's something that's worshipped in our culture. It is, is sexuality, hypersexuality and fluid sexuality. Thanks, the 60s. <laughs> right. Uh, thanks, Republicans. So, like, it's one of those things where... Um, that's really a big Republican problem. <laughs> Is that, is that, is that, is that usually did, false? Sorry, I thought you watched Paul Washer sermons. He just had this well, fireball I, sermon I, about I, I, Republicans Paul, are the problem or evangelicals are the problem, well, not Democrats or whatever. Yeah, Paul Washer, I promise you, Paul thinks that he's going to be the only person in heaven. 
Like it'll be him and the apostle for whom he was named yeah, and like half the disciples. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so, okay. Anyway, so yes, to answer your question. Yes. It, if, if there is a group, like we don't, um, I just will not do a retreat mm-hmm. in a house where both guys and girls are sleeping in a single house. Right. I just won't do like if you're on the van and it depends on how many rows. I, I'm not like super detailed on this. I'm not super rigid on it. But if if there is a way for a dating couple that mm-hmm. I know or they're romantically connected or they have a history or whatever, and they're sitting on the back of the bus, I will pull an audible last minute. And be like, all right, all the guys over here, all the girls over here, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, dismount each other and go to these opposing vans or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'll pull Audible. I have no problem doing that, and I've done it before. See, I, I find policy over Audible is best with that. Then I don't even have to make a judgment call. Because I don't want to sit there and be like, he's a perv, he's cool. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't want to have to do that. So I'm like, okay, this is policy. Yeah. It is what it is. Almost like the, the law of the Perds and the, or the, the, the Medes and the Persians. Like, yeah. it's bigger than me. Yeah, and I mean, maybe... And I can see that. I can see there there have been times where a lot of people were dating in our youth group. And, I mean, we used to take 40 to 60 to uh, to beach beach camp mm-hmm. in Alabama. And swamp camp, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, swamp camp. Um, and, and we every summer. And so you have a lot of them that were dating and, and a lot of them that were creepers or guys that were just, they would do things that they just didn't have a good buffer on their actions uh, relationally and romantically. And so – how to protect kids is kind of the question, right? It's not right. so much of how do you make the trip easier for the leaders. I don't really care about that. I care about yeah. how do you protect kids? Like, and how how are you really trying to set up efficient, you know, boundaries that aren't too great yes. so that kids feel like they're back at in yeah. a federal penitentiary, right? But they still feel the freedom to actually have a, a really appropriate positive experience on this trip. Gosh, I even as you're talking. I'm playing this montage of just some of the worst horror stories, things that happened, conversations I had to have with parents after the fact, like the most, there was one winter camp that I, for some reason, wasn't even on. We had another uh, conflicting ministerial thing and I wasn't there, but my girl's director was there, the high school director, the junior high director, and my right-hand guy, Keegs, and uh, oh my gosh, like... Pretty the, bad. The worst stuff. I will say, and this is unrelated, there was a funny time when I got a call uh, when we were in California one summer, and it was my friend who was the program director at this big camp. And he's like, hey, can I get um Steve from CFC to, to the uh, rec hall or whatever it is? And he goes, <laughs> this couple over here, like they've been kind of like giving each other back rubs and they've been like, <laughs> kind of handsy and like it's just really inappropriate <laughs> and we walk in and and i see the two students he's talking i go oh okay well they're brother and sister <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like an alabama story Does it? <laughs> and i was like i'm i'll deal with this i don't know how i'm so disturbed right now but um yeah it's you're right keeping kids safe is the important thing and I think that how what what is it a, a locked box keeps an honest man honest, and I think that putting those safeguards there and not ta- loving them enough to take it out of their hands. Like I know what you're saying. You don't want it to be a federal penitentiary, but I also just feel like they're such raging temp machines anyway. <laughs> 
why don't why don't we take all the sharp knives out of the room yeah. you know but yeah it's and then you got to have leaders well and then of course when leaders are in into each other that's a a whole different conversation. I think knowing you're knowing you're, I'll go back to what I said. I mean, I think you're wise, and I think you've got a lot of experience, and and I and I I, tr- I really do trust that. And I think also it's it's just knowing your group, yeah, knowing where you are, yeah. Like right now with our with our um, high school group, it's like I'm excited to go on a retreat with all of them, yeah. And they have a really good, honest, it seems relationship. There's no romance whatsoever. It's not because any of them are unattractive or, or right. they're repelling anybody or repulsive or whatever. It just like they just have this fairly honest relationship. And when you put them all in a room together, all the guys gravitate this way and all the girls gravitate that way. It makes me feel like I could load them up in a 15-passenger van and have a really great trip. Well, and, and I've mentioned, too, the way that my group is constructed right now is it's a lot of younger guys and a lot of older girls. So that takes tons of that off the oh, table yeah. anyway. And there's only... You know, I, when I think about our high school guys that are there, they're just solid, good, super innocent kids. And I think that one of the cool parts about you and I and any any man who's in the role that we're in is it's the same reason that Clarice went to um, Hannibal Lecter <laughs> and asked him basically, hey, yeah. serial killer, how do I catch a serial killer? <laughs> like all of us understand. Oh, totally. Like we see it on a level that our female counterparts don't see Not it because at all. They were innocent and sweet. They weren't the prey. But but retired predators can see these little up-and-coming predators, and it's just maybe that's what we relax in. It's like, no, I can sniff it out. I know exactly. I can. I know it. <laughs> I see it in your eyes, you I little punk. Yep, yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, we've had scenarios. We typically will assign seating, so mm-hmm. we can split up those that are dating. And I'll be on. And I go to those kids and say, hey, no, no, I'm being honest. Like, I'm splitting y'all up. Yeah. I want you to live outside of that romance. I want you to make friendships and why not have a good time. I want everybody to have a good time. Um, I'm pretty open with when I'm teaching about um, with big group about how romance can make everyone around you feel uncomfortable. Yep. Like it's just hard, but I'm also very open with, Hey, no, we were created for a romance. We were created to be together with the opposite well, gen. Like we were created for that. Well, and that's, that's why I am, so against teenage dating. I think it's insane. I think it's insane how accepted it is. And I want to just take these guys and be like, look, I get it. You got the tingles and jingles. But I'm telling you, dude, there will come a time in your life when the greatest thing in the world for you is to have a weekend where it's you and your friends. You're living in that weekend right now for years. And you'll never come back to it. And I love being married and it's the best thing. My wife's my best friend. But but be sixteen, dude. Yeah. It's crazy, and and these, oh, just cr- it's, uh, that's a whole other pod. But I am I am dogmatic on the yeah. dating thing. But but sex is part of the the experience of being sixteen these days in this oh culture. My gosh, I'm like glad you added that last part. That's that's just part of it. Well, yeah, for so yes, many but but again, I I don't want to relate to them as worldly little people. I want to relate to them as my brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. And that's why, uh, and, and again, look, in the same way that that we're not going to have an impact beyond what mom and dad allow, we're, we're, the, the same is true when it comes to if it lives in the home and it is celebrated and accepted and allowed, it's more like stopping a train that's already full steam, yeah. of, you know, ahead. Um, so it's more about do we contain this yeah. hormonal rage uh, for a week 
And yeah. I think that's unfortunately what a lot of us have to do is how do we, uh, <laughs> we can't yeah. stop it. We can only hope to contain it. Yeah. So there's this video that I showed. Um, it was, I don't know how many years ago it was, but um, that I found on YouTube uh, before I, I, I would do this uh, purity talk before mm-hmm. summer. Cause we're at the beach a lot in my old church here. We are on the beach with no water. So it's just sand True, and it's heat. All beach. And no humidity. But um and at the beginning of this talk, I played this video I found on YouTube. It was just like these football player guys and they see this older guy out on this cruise ship, you know, the cruise ships that they create their own little waves mm-hmm. for you to surf on or or whatever. This old guy's out there and he's just ripping this mad wave and like he's just doing these little spinny do's and all this stuff. And so this young dude, football player, buff guy, is like Man, I can do that. Get out of my way. And so he pushes the old guy out of the way, and he gets on there, and he's good for just a minute. And then he just for, full forward eats it. And oh. the board goes behind him, and he eats it on the ground. <laughs> and when he, like, he his hands are down and he looks up, his nose had crushed into the, the bottom of it, and blood just comes gushing out and goes all into the pool, and it's, like, rushing up into the waves. And the here's the fun part. The waves fed into the big pool where everybody was. So you hear people screaming. Just like the Nile. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, my God, I broke my nose. I broke my-. Nicholas Cage is playing this role. <gasps> I, broke I broke my, my nose. nose. <laughs> the bass. Not the bass. <laughs> so, like, and I'm like, okay, this is jumping into romance before you're ready. Yeah. This is jumping into romance in middle school. You're going to get high blood school. everywhere. Waves are good. Surfing is fun. Water's wonderful. But if you get in thinking you know what's going on, not only will you get hurt, but you'll taint the water around everyone. Yeah. And it's hard to get past that. Yep. Can you heal past that? Can you be redeemed past that? Absolutely. Will all of you just go go neck deep into sexual activity if you start dating in high school? Maybe. <laughs> maybe, but maybe not. Yeah. Who knows? 50, I'm not 50. judging you on yeah. something you're not guilty of yet. I'm saying if Solomon, right, who like he's the he's the man as far as like understanding sexuality and explored all these different pathways of sexuality and whatnot, says do not awaken love before it's time. Like maybe we should take his advice on that. Yeah, really nailed it on love. Didn't get the whole don't have idols finishing well thing. I mean, he's <laughs> he's he's kind of a controversial, but no, I I know what you're saying, and and I think that I think that having those conversations got to be real careful because if it's the idea of, and this is, this is where I'm probably unpopular with this, but if it's the idea of don't like you hear it in secular world, people are like, well, look, you know, shoot, have abstinence, but if you're going to do it, you know, wear a condom. It's the equivalent of saying, do not go to that concert up in Phoenix. You better not. But if you're going to sneak out, take your mom's car because the tires are better. Like that's, it's a, it's a wink and a nod. So us as, as youth pastors, I don't even talk about how can you honor God in the situation that you probably shouldn't be in. Yeah. It's more like, Hey, let's, let's have these conversations and let's bring mom and dad into it and let's figure out what it can look like so that when you're ready, then you're not the guy whose, whose, whose blood is going, you know, all over the waves. Yeah. But the last part here, because I know that we're short on time, is the idea of the creeper. Because I think I think you and I have brushed up against multiple times what's going to have to just be a purity pod, probably a four-parter. I love <laughs> yeah. it. 
but this was the PDA, the, the display. Right, so it's like, yeah. this is what etiquette looks like in our community. And, and, and to your excellent point, you know, when you're being all romantic, it makes everybody else uncomfortable around you, right? Plus, we don't know what your mom and dad are cool with, so we're going to go with, let's just not be kissing each other. <laughs> the creeper guy Ugh. is a, is a, is a two-fold, because I would put to you, all the guys are creepers. <laughs> Some of them aren't as good at hiding it. So we're talking about the guy that's just more authentically out there as a creeper. Is the guy, the guy that you're picturing that caused you to create this as our title, is this guy a complete outsider from the whole group and he's just kind of a, a creeper or is he kind of accepted and he's acting in a creepy way like is he the boston logger guy from the boston logger yes the wedding right commercial. right boy that yes hey donna i'm glad you got you married my cousin sal man you're a great kisser yeah, you know, that, <laughs> at the that, wedding or whatever right right but but is boston logger guy part so that guy's yeah. that guy's in in the wedding i mean he's there yeah. so Somewhere. we're talking about the guy in community or are we talking the outsider let's say let's take the high school boy who's creeping on the middle school girls okay. low-hanging fruit and it's pretty obvious he's just trying to creep on the girls to get a easy date yeah well so that's so that's you know, talk about knowing your students so like currently high school and middle school are together in my group mm -hmm. if it ever got to a point where there was enough of that situation it would probably cause me to try and separate the groups yeah so there, the, if it's an onslaught of of these guys then you really got to figure something out tactically and then address the heart issue yeah uh, but if it's just this is this one guy and it, it's a him problem not a culture issue uh i think i think the commonality the common thread through this whole four-part series is being able to come alongside him having and just say, Hey man, look, you can't be doing this yeah. and, and give him the opportunity to be like, yeah, you're right. But, but let him know forcefully, much like you did when you kind of lost your stuff after that kid hit you with a marker, let him know, look, here's the deal. When I say you can't be doing this, what I mean is if you persist in it, you can't come back. Yeah. Because that's that's very much the shepherd has to keep the wolves out, and there are baby wolves just like there are you know the guy that's new to the church and doesn't want to do a background check but is real eager to help out in the students. <laughs> that's the obvious wolf. <laughs> but what about <laughs> but what about the baby wolf? And I think that that's that was one where because protecting the students, like you said, is so important. I think that it's okay to land on the side of being real hard fisted yeah. to set that standard. And you know what? You can still do it lovingly because that's supposed to be what's what's motivating us, right? But just letting him know, hey, dude, you can't go over there and talk to them. Yeah, and and then making sure that that your leaders are aware of his uh, his temptation. In, in some senses, um, you almost handle it in the same channel as uh, bullying. Mm -hmm. A big kid on uh, toward a smaller kid. Yeah, and say, hey, that's not cool, man. Right. Like you, that's not cool at all. Like that's weird. And yeah. you shouldn't be doing that, okay? So how are we going to walk through this together? And always just making yourself available to that kid that's struggling and saying, we're going to walk through it. And to your point, I mean, I, I see exactly what you're saying with the little wolf <laughs> idea. What do you do to wolves? Uh, you shoot them. Yep. Like, And so I've had scenarios in the past where you have older guys that are creeping on the younger girls and then they say, hey, because we would split up high school from middle school for because mm -hmm. our group just got larger. So you can't manage that big group anymore right? You know, unless you have the staff. So, like, hey, 
he comes to me and says, I'm like, hey, dude. And he's like, hey, I really feel like I'm called to volunteer with the middle schoolers. I want to invest in the future of our church. I'm like, dude, I really appreciate your heart, but I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't trust you with the girls that are in there. Yeah. Because I see how you, you talk to them, and you don't talk to them like they're your sister. You talk to them like they're just future spouse. Right. And that's not appropriate. Um, and that usually lends itself to a conversation, well, how far is too far? And we go to Romans where Paul says to the Romans, like, treat each other as siblings. Does it, does it really it? jump to how far is too far? No, it doesn't. Oh, okay, because it, it went treat from, each other. If it went from, dude, I just don't trust you. He's like, well, how far is too far? He's like, see, this is what I'm talking about. Your th- head went he there would, right away. I think he mentions that. He talks about that more clearly in Corinthians. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, it's How a, far is too far? You know what, bud? I don't ever want one of my leaders to ask that question, even rhetorically. No. So, like, you're off the table. Yeah, totally. Um, no, I, I know what you're saying. And I, th- and I think that and I think that this is where um, discipleship opportunities for you or, or to connect them are really important because yeah. there's a situation going on in my church now where there've been some older guys that have had to come alongside some younger guys and be like, this just isn't appropriate. Yeah. And if you persist, well, then the conversation changes from, um, you're just waylaid to you're being a wolf. Yeah. Let's and, talk about practical stuff. So let's say creeper does make a move and okay. it's inappropriate. Okay. Um, I think youth pastors have we have a responsibility to report things. Like oh, uh, oh yeah, if, yeah, a hundred percent. Like if if things happen, I mean, God forbid, I haven't had this scenario where anybody has made a sexual move towards another person, like in our in our youth group. But like you have to use a youth pastor have to reconcile beforehand and have a game plan. No, 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 no. If it's illegal, we call the police. Mm-hmm. If it's rape, we call the police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We there's do not there's hide no, no, no. We, this. this is this you exactly. This is not a personal security force thing. No. This is no, absolutely. The and, will of the church, the discipline of the right. church. Right. Okay, pursue that. But yeah. if it's illegal, yep. you talk to the cop. If someone is raped, even if they're ac- ac- accusations of it, mm-hmm. you talk about it. And right. You don't hide that. Right. No, absolutely. And and first of all, I mean, we have a legal responsibility to be reporters on that. But but even, I mean, just think about how many situations that were already awful that were made 50 times worse because of the internal decision making. (sighs) It's like, dude, I'm sorry. We have a relationship. This sucks. I have to turn you in. This is like, this is bigger than me. This is happening. Like, look, I'm already dialing the phone. Like, there's no conversation about if we're doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think that's big. But also, like you said, when you said don't have, you know, two gender, having male leaders and female students sleeping in the same uh, location, you no, know. Oh, no. But but, but you, you do that, but the easiest thing in the world is we're doing an, an overnighter to Disneyland. We're going to stay at this church. Like, I'm just telling you, it's never obvious when you put your, when, but if you don't have a battle plan, if you don't have a policy. That's right. Then, then sometimes your audible calling and you're, and you're shooting from the hip shoots you in the foot. And I think that, uh, yeah, having those things laid out and, and, again, something that you point to that's bigger than you. This is our policy. These are the laws. We yeah. follow this. We don't even think about it. We're just going to follow it. Then that's part of your training with new leaders. Um, but, yeah, man, I'll tell you this. I won't go into the details of it. There's a really, really, really bad situation one time. And it wasn't criminal, but it was so heartbreakingly bad and just the fallout from all of that and all the conversations. And it was just, it was really bad. It was a really bad situation. And, and um, there was no way to pr- really prepare for that one. But there's plenty that you can prepare for. And so just understanding that there's, there's always going to be one that slips through. Um, that's why you need to have secondary 
plans in place as well. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think public and PDA uh, to tie it back where the creeper comes in, that that PDA becomes a meat of idols. It becomes a stumbling point because if this guy's pervin because you and your girlfriend are kind of doing stuff that's arousing because you're kissing or whatever, you need to understand not only is that not appropriate for this community, but you're also causing this guy to sin. And I'm not saying, oh, the way girls, like the modesty thing, I'm, I'm not going on any of that. I'm talking about if, if, we, if we have uh, a romantic culture, then unfortunately that's going to be, uh, I think you talked about the, the, the wick and the bomb. That's going to light some wicks. And it just, there's no place for it. And so, anyway, it's a tough situation for sure. But that's why it's great to have good leaders, uh, male and female, so that if you have to have those awkward conversations, you can double team it. Yeah. Um, because I think sometimes when you feel uncomfortable because you're mixing genders, you hem and you haw, and when you're uncomfortable, they're uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I think a piece of this puzzle, too, is something that we do is uh, we don't let kids go on our trips unless we meet their parents. Yeah. Yeah. And just set the precedent. Hey, tell me about your kid. Tell me what are the things that, like, what are some of the concerns you have about your kid taking, like, being a part of a community? That's a really good church. That's a good strategy. Like, tell me, like, what's your history with church? What's your history with you? Does your does your son or your daughter have any mentors in their life? Like, mm-hmm. who's somebody they really look up to? And teachers, other church people, family members, and getting to know them. I mean, those are your recruit. In figuring that out, you're recruiting in a sense, trying to get names and numbers like a salesperson does yep. to make the next sale in case the doo doo hits the fan on a trip. Yeah. Um, but in some ways, the way you're like we're talking about reporting, I mean, it's it's a similar channel with suicide. If a kid yeah. in- implies or says anything about suicide, you always take it seriously. You 100%. do not play. You don't even say to yourself, "Well, maybe they're just joking, or maybe they just want attention." No, nope. it's an you automatic. call yep. who you've got to call. And I think you and I both had many situations where that's oh, yeah. happened. Tons and, of and you just have those conversations. That's when I say after camp, I'm talking like the stuff that we learned at yeah. camp. There was no like attorney client privilege with that stuff. And we had a lot of conversations about cutting, about eating disorders, about yeah. suicidal thoughts. It was just the most depressing time was that that fourth week in June or back now. And I have yeah. to have all these conversations, but it's important because you never put yourself in a place like you, we are to be a resource to these parents as they raise the kids that God has entrusted to them. And so you can never sit on information. Ever. Ever. But yeah. It's it, their information. Exactly. By it being their kids, yeah, it is their information. Exactly. Exactly. And I, and I think to bring this full circle, it all starts with heavy hand-holding. <laughs> I think that's, that's the stuff. Heavy patting. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really, really hard. So the practical takeaways are do know your kids, set up good policies that protect your kids. It's about protecting your, your kids. Yeah. It's not about protecting your comfort. Um, you know, have good relationships with parents and understand the parents too. It's a great deal of parents nowadays are like, yeah, I'm totally, it's cute. Them dating, it's so cute. Granted, it's cute, but like, are we thinking about this, the big picture at 10,000 feet, or are no. we just thinking about, like, how it makes us feel that they're cute? We give them cell phones right away. We push them into relationships right away. We do all this kind of stuff, and it's like, childhood is a gift. Yeah. Like, why are, you, why are you throwing that away? And unfortunately, a lot of that, for another time, is we're in the same way that um, club b- basketball dads tend to be living vicariously. Hang you know, in. behind every little girl who's been encouraged to have boyfriend after boyfriend is a mama who wishes maybe she had a little bit more attention than she did. 
Maybe Not so. to get psychoanalytical, but I'm just telling you, man. Maybe so. <laughs> yep. And so that's one of the ways we can love our parents too. And that's why it's good to be in community with the parents. These are our yeah. peers. I mean, crud, we're in our late thirties now. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're, we're not, old. we're not 22 year old dudes. Let's enjoy it. Dude, I got Charlie horse in my thigh, just plugging a cable into my computer. Yeah. This, this I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> Try a cramp. I know. In my thigh. Um, hey, Steve. Hey. It was great. This is great, man. I don't think you could draw a straight line through any of the stuff we talked about, but no, hopefully people understand the tangential can sometimes be magical. I, I, that's a big... Is that the name of your book? Yeah. Um, Mine's called Heavy Handholding. <laughs> <laughs> Having padding leads to dot, dot, dot. Heavy handholding. Um, yeah, but hey, thanks for joining us at the pipe. Yeah, thank and, you, uh, I was telling our, our 12 listeners, thanks for joining us. I said, thank, thank you. you guys. No, and I said, in the oh. thank you guys. Can I also thank them? Are they no, just, I, are they your 12 <laughs> listeners? I thought like, you were saying thank you, Chris. Jeez, there's no Team Steve and Team Chris here. <laughs> so you're making my dreams come true, Steve. So thanks oh so much. God.